Hello and welcome to This Dummy, the podcast about dumb things, fun things, and another thing. I'm your host, David Clark, and this week, Jacob and I head to the Oscars to enjoy a Pop-Tart with Brie Larson, Humble Pie with Sam Smith, and Just Desserts with Leonardo DiCaprio. We'd like to thank the Academy. late it's late night yeah it's the late night edition it is a late night edition how are you well you know uh i i could have used like a an injection of caffeine throughout that whole show because it was kind of oscar so snoozy it was pretty snoozy i don't know why i thought this was going to be interesting I knew it wasn't really going to be interesting. I just wanted to see what Chris Rock was going to say. And that's... Was there anything else I really wanted to see? I mean, yeah, that was that was it. That was really it. And, and, and to see which black folks they, they, they convinced to, to attend the Oscars. Right, right. There I mean, were white people. Oh, there were plenty of white people. I mean, it was pretty primed. It seemed like the perfect Oscars for Chris Rock to host. And... I don't know. Did he deliver for you? I think he did a really good job. I thought the opening monologue uh, was pretty spot on. I don't think that he held back any punches. And he he, he went there. Um, he really went there with the Smith family. I don't know if they were prepared for that. <laughs> well, they weren't in attendance, so maybe they, they weren't, weren't watching. But according to Chris Rock... No one invited Jada. Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, and, you know, and throughout the night, the, the theme continued on. Now, you know, obviously, this was a huge... Uh, talking point conversation the fact that you know no people of color were nominated this year for any awards well for any uh, of the major awards the major league like, acting awards um i mean but, there were, i was holding out hope for the weekend i thought he was gonna win you thought it was gonna happen but i Sam really did went and snatched that trophy right out of gaga's hands <laughs> like, yeah he was the least likely to win for me i don't know what that i thought he looked great he was doing his very best George Michael Freedom 90 impression. Um, he, really he really was. But his Chris performance was terrible. That song is awful. It should not have won. Uh, I don't think he was the right choice to win in that category, but his acceptance was nice. It was a nice little moment. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he did say, I mean, I don't know. I, I will have to check, have our fact checkers check as well. But uh, he said that he was the first openly gay person to have ever won an Oscar before. Uh, well, that is true. He referenced something Ian McKellen said, which I did. I heard him say as well earlier because his conversation about Oscars and diversity and, and how much work they have to do in terms of inclusion. Uh, one of the things Ian McKellen brought up was that an openly gay actor had never won an Academy Award before. But hasn't there been like a costume designer that has won before or something? Hold yeah. on, Gandalf. Gandalf said actor, and I think that's where uh, Sam Smith may have been caught up in his facts 
I'm sure right. there have been openly gay people in production and below the line Academy Award winners, um, but no yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah, there have been, and I and apparently there still has not been an openly gay actor to win an Oscar. Right, but, but he really wanted to make a moment of his win, so good for him and the LGBTQ yeah. community. That's right. He did give a nice shout out there, yet and still, but he is not the first the gay person to win an Oscar, but a long history of LGBTQ people winning those Oscars and snatching those trophies for far more years to come because now, um, and this came right out of the mouth of the Academy's president, uh, they are making strides to uh, include more people in 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 the in the award ceremony in 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 being nominated and yada yada yada. Well, there are plenty of people of color in the ceremony. Oh yeah, there are plenty of people, plenty of black people up there presenting awards. They're just not nominated for that. Every black person, I mean, who's ever been nominated or won an Oscar up there presenting tonight. Everybody, right? I mean, basically, that black. Even the conductor in the the orchestra was black. <laughs> well, you know, they're good at music, those colored people. Other than that, I mean, the show was, again, I mean, it's the Oscars. I think that we've gotten to a point now, you know, it used to be fun or, like, really exciting to watch the Oscars. Now, right? why? And I think that we're just, you know, with the 24-hour news cycle and social media and just, like, the internet, I think that we have just become so... I don't know, just exhausted by the entire process after everything's done. I mean, award season is so long as it is, and I think that it's compounded by the constant coverage it, it gets online. Like, if you're a person that's inter- interested and, you know, really enjoys watching movies or, like, t- the award season, like, you're, you have constant access to it. And I think that at this point in time, I think people just become so fatigued and exhausted by it that, you know, the award show doesn't have the same, I don't know, magic that it used to have. Yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like there is a fatigue to it. Award season feels so long. It's like Lady Gaga performed at every awards uh, presentation this season. And she's not mad about it. She's not uh, mad. She might be mad that she didn't win, although she very graciously blew Sam Smith a kiss when she when he shouted out her fabulosity and, and shouted out the LGBT community. Um, yeah. You know she was mad though because I I she thought she had it since. She thought she was on her way to EGOT heaven. But yeah, Sam went up and bursted that bubble. Yeah, it's that is still shocking to me because that was a terrible I had not heard that song because mm-hmm. I felt like it would be terrible and then mm-hmm. I heard it and I watched his performance and his performance was very nervous and pitchy mm-hmm. and rocking for no reason but Performance aside, nerves aside, the song is not good. So here's the thing, right? Sam has been on this health kick. He's shed about ten stone, whatever they say. Whatever it was. And I don't think it's I don't think it's doing anything for his um velvety vocals. Oh. I think it's taking a toll. Like remember like Luther, Luther Vandross would be big and then he would go skinny. But he always, you, you need something to back it up. You need a little bit of heft to right. really off a little bit of like a heavy soul. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I'm putting Adele on notice too. Adele is slimmed down. Adele is slimmed down, and she hasn't lost a step vocally. 
she hasn't, but I'm saying I'm putting her on notice too. Don't don't go down into the four six range. Oh, because Ooh. I don't I don't I don't, okay. I don't know. Are you saying What's she's that? an eight ten twelve? No, I think she's probably. Oh well, maybe she's like. You think mm. she's like a? I don't know. I don't. Mm. All I'm saying is, I'm sure she's a very uh, sensible number right now. <laughs> yes, she looks great. Whatever looks, her fit number is, whatever her fit number is, right is right now. I think it's good, but don't go any further. I mean, don't try to become like a Victoria's Secret angel on this. You know what I mean? Right. Were um, there any other standouts for you? Well, let's talk. Okay, so I guess we should just kind of like run down the big winners of the night. Leo finally, finally won his Oscar, and it's like I feel like we've been hit over the head this yeah. season. Like time for him to finally win this Oscar. I don't know if the Revenant was necessarily the 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 picture I would have imagined that he deserved to win for. I listen. I still thought he was awesome in in What's Eating Gilbert Great. That's what really sure. should have got him. Yeah, and that's been part of his whole narrative is that he has been making these, like, he's been turning in great performances for 20 years. He's been turning in Oscar-caliber performances all over the place, and it's been, like, this this uh, open, not really controversy, but it's been an issue that he hasn't he hasn't won an, an Academy Award until this point. And so I think nobody is surprised that he won. He's finally sort of at the right age. Um, one of the things that the Academy Awards is famous for is they sort of reward young ingenues, like young actresses get Academy Awards, like Jennifer Lawrence and like Brie Larson tonight who won. Like right. if you're a young woman, you can get that award. Young men don't usually do it. They have to sort of age into it. And he's Leo's finally he's mid forties now. And he did the what? right sort of splashy Oscar Beatty role in the whole story about this movie. And I, this is to your point that award season is so long. And because of social media, we're so involved in the horse race of it as he's been campaigning hard for it all year. So everybody knew he was going to get this. Right. And thank God it's over. I, I I wish he I hope that now he just kind of takes a seat and does something just fun and lighthearted and nothing that's going to, like, garner any accolades. Like, I hope he does. Like, I hope he stars in, like, Pootie Tang 2 or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm surprised that, you know, uh, Jude Law wasn't in the audience and didn't. Like curl tomatoes at Chris Rock. No year. kidding. I was sure he was going to go back to that. I was waiting for a, like a Jude Law, Sean Penn dig, but there wasn't one. There was nothing. He stayed far away from that. Yeah. Well, there uh, was so much Oscar, so white material that he had to get through. Yeah, there was a lot. There, there came a point where I was like, okay, we all get it. Let's just move on. Yeah. The thing also is that, yes, Oscar's so white, but I still am holding to the idea that it's about opportunities. It's about like the production companies and directors actually giving people of color more opportunities to actually act. I mean, it's really about helping that brother get a sad card and get a nomination. You know what I mean? It's like, cause there's only so many, there's only so many roles that are available out there for, for people of color. So that's like, true. That's true. And the opportunities. So, I mean, like, we can boohoo and cry about not being going to the Oscars, but even if you're, like, within the orbit of even possibly getting nominated, you've already won. Uh, yeah, but hmm, being nominated is not the same as winning. Being invited not, is not the same as winning. You know, there is something to getting that. that actual trophy. 
Sure, fine. So I can appreciate sure. the conversation. But you're right. I, the, their diversity issue is systemic. You can't just blame the Academy Awards for not not nominating the right people. It's because those roles aren't out there. It's because studios aren't greenlighting them. Directors aren't hiring them. Casting people aren't being more, casting a wide enough net. It's, right. it's all over the place. Yeah. Start making connections with these young, you know, up and coming uh, actors, writers, producers of color and give them these chances to actually create and be a part of the process. And, you know, black actors who are in Hollywood that have made it can help with this process. Why is, is, aren't, are there, are there, are there like Sundance labs just for like people? I know there are certain labs actually, there are some, but there can be more, you know, I think Sundance has like different, like, um, like workshops and labs for like directors and, and, um, directors of color oh well Uh, sure yeah absolutely but even if you are a big success in the sundance festival just like we talked about last week like ava duvernay it doesn't mean that your career is going to get the same jump off that um you know a similarly qualified white participant would get right which is why ava duvernay is doing i forget the guy's name but she's doing the movie for the guy who directed jurassic world the same white guy who went through a sundance with her yeah, but um, um, but speaking of yeah, speaking of Ava DuVernay, because in Chris Rock's opening monologue, he was talking about how he wasn't about to to boycott the Academy Awards because he couldn't afford to lose another job to Kevin Hart. They weren't about to cancel the Academy Awards; they were going to have it. So he was going to show up and host in a white tux, which maybe we can circle back to. Uh, but Ava DuVernay and Ryan Coogler, two like high profile, great directors who were famously snubbed ryan coogler snubbed for straight out of compton this year ava duvernay snubbed for selma last year didn't get a best director nomination um both opted not to attend the academy awards they were over there in michigan putting on a free show hosted by hannibal burris janelle Monet was there stevie wonder it was competing hashtags and how was the show? I didn't catch any of that. I didn't catch it either. I mean, I get the the symbolism of it, but I was watching the Academy Awards. Right. Was it televised? Uh, it was, I want to say it was televised on Revolt, but it was live streaming. Um, so you could watch it on the internet. We're a part of the problem. <laughs> we're, we're a part of the problem. We are a part of the problem. Um, but I, if you want to bring attention to this thing, maybe don't have it compete directly with the Academy Awards. It's one of the most televised, most watched televi- televised events of the year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a lot of eyes to your side project if you're going head to head with, you know, the biggest TV event of the year filled with movie stars. and, and You can't go head to head with the, like the ratings tight 10 that the Oscars is and expect to get. I mean, uh, like even like the smallest percentage of coverage, right. honest. But um, I mean, I think that their protest was um, just sort of like symbolic enough to say, you know what, we're taking a stand. And we want to bring more attention to this other issue. But yeah, yeah. like you said. yeah, and I don't. It wasn't necessarily. I think it was a protest only in sort of positioning. I think they were just trying to support the people of Flint, which is great because that is an, a national travesty. If anybody should be yeah. you know, up in arms about anything, it's about right. what's happening up there in, in Flint, Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the timing is, is yeah. Timing is important. Um, uh, well, back to 
winners of the Oscars. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back to what matters. Uh, other other big winners for the night. Uh, Brie Larson won uh, Best Actress for uh, for Room. Yeah, what did you think of that? And what do you think of her? Um, I think she's really great, and uh, you know, every every time she's gone up to the awards podium, she's been really bright and happy, and you know, perky. Um, do you remember her pop star career? No, I don't. <laughs> Brie Larson, not that long ago, was a Mandy Moore, and not like the Mandy Moore in the Talbot sweater set who grew up in, into a mom bob in a minivan. She's like no. first album Mandy Moore. Like Candy no. Mandy Moore. She had a single in 2009. What? what was it called? But it was, I forget what it was called. Let me see. It was called She Said. It's super poppy. It was like, do you remember uh, like in 99, 2000, where it was like everybody can be a pop star and you had your Britney Spears and your Christina Aguilera, but you also had Jessica Simpson and then you had your Mandy Moore and then you had a whole like strata of other people who didn't quite yeah. register from the Disney Channel. Yeah. She was like Disney Channel level. Oh, really? Okay, let's listen to this. Yeah. Right career choice. I mean, she is an Academy Award winner right now. <laughs> I know. Wow. Well, yeah, she made the right decision to focus on the acting and put the singing on the back burner. Yeah, that singing career needs to go in the room. <laughs> that's where that's like, that that whole, all those non all those CDs that weren't purchased needs to be locked up in that room. Get out of my face. Get out of my hair. Right. Yeah. No way. No way. Well, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, surprise. What a come up for her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Alicia Vikander mm-hmm. won for The Danish Girl for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted my girl Rachel McAdams to win for Spotlight, but. Yeah. Um, Alicia and Brie kind of look alike. Yeah, me. they're similar. They're kind of similar. They kind of have the same kind of like chestnut brown big guys thing happening going there going on there um and for best supporting actor mark rylance oh okay yeah bridge of spies that was a surprise because i think everybody in the same way that everyone expected leo to win best actor i think everyone was expecting sylvester stallone to win for creed everyone thought that and that you know that was another like broken face moment um, because I think that Sylvester thought that he was really going to win too. So um, that was quite the surprise. That was also another one of, I think, Chris Rock's better, better jokes from the opening monologue. Things are changing. Things are changing. Yeah, we got a Black Rocky this year. Yeah, some people call it Creed. I call it Black Rocky. And that's a big, that's, a, that's an unbelievable statement. I, I mean, because Rocky takes place in a world where white athletes are as good as black athletes. So Rocky's a science fiction movie. <laughs> that was a, yeah, that was a good one, definitely. 
Yeah. So he, um, a couple, he landed a couple of good jokes. I felt the like, rest of it, it was pretty uh, terribly directed. Yeah, I, I felt like the the camera work was really just kind of spotty and out of control. Uh, there were just a lot of moments like you'd see like stagehands like jumping like yeah. in, out of the frame and that weird thing that they were like panning when they would like like the presenter would you know present the nominees and then the the, the camera would pan like to everything it was just really kind right. of you were supposed to see them over the shoulder and they were looking yeah. every which way it was strange kind of messy kind of a, mess. a lot of motion sickness any um any opinions about um any of the the fashion choices any of your what are you, who are your best dressed Oh, uh, yeah, there were some there were some good ones. I would say for once, for once, and I, I really have to mention this because I feel like she gets on my nerves all the time. Jennifer Lawrence, her look was okay for me. The fringe was okay. But mostly I thought like her hair and makeup looked good. I liked her styling. She looked her age for once. Very blonde and natural. Platinum. She kind of made me think of the uh the that that the duster that the duster character in uh, Beauty and the Beast with that that number. Uh, who, okay, who, I wasn't quite feeling it. All right, I was not quite feeling it. It was also kind of a Cruella Deville thing who, for me. So was that your number one? Is Jennifer Lawrence? That was your mm, no. Who was my number one? Um, I actually really liked. I want to say Rachel McAdams, except for the color. I wasn't crazy about that green. Um, I liked her dress. I liked her look. And I really wanted yeah. her to win. She's such a chameleon. And she does have like really good eye when it comes to her red carpet moments. But for me, I think that, again, I mean, Charlie's Theron could probably have walked in in like a Suzanne Summers <laughs> poncho uh-huh. and rocks. And maybe she probably would have still shut it down. With that twisty Christine uh, Dior walk that she has from the commercial. You should exactly. look stunning always. Exactly. If she just would have rocked the Suzanne Summers poncho and just walked down the carpet like that and then like ripped her necklace off. <laughs> she would have won Best Actress. Yeah, she would have won again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charlie's Theron wearing a hot red Dior number was my best dress for the night. What did you think of uh, Lady Gaga's pant dress? Uh, it was interesting. Again, uh, thankfully, it was a little bit more subdued than her normal, um, her normal costume. Uh, so that was great. Uh, but I, it was neither here nor there for me, really. It was just kind of like, you know. Yeah. Eh. Um, I thought Brie Larson looked really good. Again, she was in Gucci. Gucci's mm-hmm. having a good year again. Um, that was a great color for her. Yeah, it was a really pretty color. Yeah. Um, and I liked uh, Alicia Vikander in Louis mm-hmm. Vuitton. And my last best dress would probably go to Priyanka Chopra. She looked stunning. Look, she amazing. always does. That's what she does. Right. Again, perfect hair, perfect everything, perfect dress, perfect, perfect, perfect. Right. I guess she was just there because she's on an ABC show. She was like, don't forget to watch Quantico. Yeah, all the ABC kids were there. Um, all the, all, every black person Jerry was Jerry Washington there. was every, presenting. Yeah. A lot of black people and a lot of ABC people there. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm surprised the cast of Blackish didn't come out. Oh, no kidding. They weren't invited. Yeah. Everyone else had to buddy up with a movie star. Blackish wasn't invited. Right. 
Blackie Schwartz and invited. Not right. Not fair. Who was on your worst dressed? Well, I'd have to say Amy Poehler was wearing like a yeah, like a, a weird like thing. Mm-hmm. A weird like floral print on a black kabuki dress. Yeah, that was really weird. It was like one of those weird like floral velvet paintings. Yep. yep. Yeah. So I think that she probably gets the the screw face. What was she doing? What was she thinking? Also, Heidi Klum was wearing a a big old crazy Halloween costume dress. Yeah, she should have worn her Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, she should have. But she uh, didn't. Emily she Blunt didn't. to me looked like she was a Titanic survivor. She looked like you she was pulled right out of the water and Ubered over to the wards. Expecting? How dare you? Oh, is is she? Yes, she is. <laughs> well, she looked you. terrible. She looked like she was wearing a nightie. Well, she's expecting. What's she supposed to wear? A corset? Not, um, who else was expecting? Was Olivia Wilde expecting? I don't think so. No, she already get, She already had a baby. Uh, someone else was expecting, too, who looked great. I can't remember who it was. Emily mm-hmm. Blunt I, was not doing it for me. Also, Pharrell. I just need Pharrell to wear some clothes that fit. I don't need, I need to see his uh, legs. I don't want to see I, his ankles anymore on any red carpet. But they were nicely moisturized. I will give you That's that. true. Not a spot of ash to be found. Not, not one spot of ash. Not you a know, crispy I, corner. Not a no, dusty it, crevice. It was good. Not one, not one. But you know what? I just noticed that I have... There's a trick going on around town. Mm. Now, I, I've, I've talked about, like, you know, the gym and the importance of lotioning up. And making sure your situation is moisturized. Right, but also keeping keeping the performance and the display reasonable. Yes. In the locker room. There are times, however, when you just can't get to every single crevice. And, okay, I feel like we're about to learn something. An ankle crack. And I have been adopting the use of a long spandex legging. To sometimes camouflage my situation. And I noticed <laughs> <that the laughs> color will also rock. What color? A spandex. A black spandex. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, all right. I thought you were going to say like a nude spandex. I was gonna oh, say, where are you going to find a brown skin spandex to wear to the gym? Like a nude cocoa spandex that mm-hmm. looks like my leg? Right. No. But sometimes you just don't have the, you don't have all the time in the world. So you just have to kind of cover it all up. Well, I'm glad Pharrell didn't wear any spandex to the awards. I can't do that, but I will put a long spandex on to cover up my situation. I don't have all the time to moisturize. Just a tip out there for everybody. Sure. You still still can work it out. Now every person that I see at the gym wearing spandex, I'm just going to assume has ashy kneecaps. Yep, that's right. And they didn't have time. Right, they didn't have time. Just throw that on. Put that on, and that's Suzanne Summers' three-way poncho. You're good to go. Uh, also, before we move on from the Academy Awards, I don't know how much more we want to talk about this, but can you explain the Stacey Dash appearance? Okay, that was really weird. So I think that well, Chris Rock was saying that she was going to be the one that spearheads the the call for diversity. The Academy has taken steps to fix this problem, and that is why it is my honor to introduce the new director of our Minority Outreach Program. Please welcome Ms. Stacy Dash. <laughs> I cannot wait to help my people out. Happy Black History Month. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But enough about black people. Let's bring on Sarah Silverman. I guess I I understood the joke being that you know she's so anti uh, sort of any sort of like affirmative action or diversity, and that's why she would be the perfect person. Well, of course, the Oscars would choose her as the person to spearhead that type of campaign, right? Was that it? Yeah. Really weird. It did not go over very well. It did not go over very well for me at home. It did not look like it went over very well in the room. No, and people were really angry. They were like, get this crazy. Who is this? What? You know, people were up in arms. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were none too happy about about that, or they did not find it all that funny. Mm. Um the other big winner of the night was the Girl Scouts of America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty two thousand dollars or however much money they, they raised. Well they raised sixty two thousand, but they advertised like nobody's business. I mean that was great free advertising on Chris Rock's part for them. So, and I, I would like, I would like a peanut butter cookie right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I like a tag along. Yeah. Wait, which Ooh. ones are the shortbread ones? Hold on a minute. Yeah, let's get this right. You like the tag alongs. I like the shortbread ones, whatever those are called. You know, I think they, I, they changed the names too, because some of them were, uh, the names are politically incorrect, I feel like. <laughs> the Tomahawks. They were like, well, they were like the Samoans, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people were not really happy about that. Yeah, I've always liked the peanut butter cookies. Right now, I can't. Shortbreads, peanut butter patties, tagalongs. Oh, dosi dos. Dosi dos. That's what I, I'm like, dosi dos. I don't, was that what they've always been called? Were, they, were called they were always called dosi dos? That doesn't sound right. That sounds ridiculous to me. Anyway, I do like a dosey dough. Hmm. Pretty tasty. I think we've actually already purchased some. Not um, the peanut butter patty. The peanut butter patty? Mm, no, I mean I like the caramel delights too. I can get down on those. I don't like those. They're too chewy. They remind me of like little Keebler deals. Mmm, they're delicious. They're real. I, I love them. I like a frozen thin mint, and I like a shortbread. I like plain cookies. Yeah, but what's the shortbread really do for you? It's just good. It's perfect it's for little- tea time. Now listen, the shortbreads are a distant second for me to a Lorna Dune. That's my absolute like afternoon delight. Yeah. What can I say? I like a shortbread cookie, and I like yeah. it with tea. Yeah, I- I'm more I'm more of the peanut butter sandwich cookie, but you know, different strokes. That's right. What did you think of uh, Chris Rock's Man on the Street segment? Um, well, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think he went to Magic Johnson Theaters. Is that where he went? Yeah, is that where we went to go see Obsessed? Of course, yes. That's yeah. that's exactly where he went. Um, and he just went and surveyed the public and asked them if they had seen any of the uh, Best Picture nominees. And he got a resounding... No, no. ma'am. I feel that Trumbo should have been a bigger hit. What? How about Brooklyn? No, I haven't seen Brooklyn. Did you see the big short? I did not. How about The Bridge of Spies? Where are you getting these movies from? <laughs> you making up stuff, you messing with me, right? No, these are real movies. No, it's not. I watch movies. I come to the movies all the time. This, these are real movies. Like in London and stuff? What's that? Yeah. Which totally makes sense. And of course, everyone saw Straight Outta Compton. So, right. 
you know. Um, but uh, of course, my favorite character during that uh, interview seg- uh, sequence um, was the um, the Frankie Cole lookalike. Oh yes, yes, yes. Who thought she could keep the Oscar? Yeah, that that she was she was my favorite. She was a uh, she was the breakout star for the evening. But actually, no, you know, I'm wrong. You know, the true breakout star for me, uh, <laughs> this Academy Awards, um, it was. Tracy Morgan's beautiful, yes, beautiful yes. interpretation of Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl. Look at me, a black thespian starring his first dream of Hello? 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 I'm a Danish girl. <laughs> this Danish is a good girl. I'm the Danish girl. <laughs> Delicious. Tracy Morgan is a genius. Right. That I mean, that was one that was one segment that really worked pretty well. Yeah. Again, the incomparable Leslie Jones was also included in that. The Revenant. Um, in the Revenant. So yeah, I, kudos to, to Chris Rock for coming up with that one. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there was also that one bit, uh, the Black History Minute, that Angela Bassett did, which was uh, so-so with uh, Jack Black. Yeah, I mean, the Smiths got shaded hard this evening. Yeah, I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, this is not really the best look for the Smiths, and for Will Smith in particular. I mean, I know that he's got uh, Suicide Squad coming out. I don't know what else he has in the pipeline, but, it, you know, they kind of really rift pretty hard on them for this season so do you think that you know this is a bad this is a bad omen for the smith family is is this is this where it all falls down or what what do you think like what where you you know where do you see will going next or what like what's what's next for him will he ever get that oscar nomination up again or you know will he have that opportunity to win an oscar or is he just sort of now a punchline to this entire situation well you know i think for sure i think he'll get another nomination it's not a great look for the smiths i mean jada as the family representative set them down a a pretty bad path calling for the boycott like that i think it was an overreaction on their part but i also don't think that it's a very good look for black actors to come for them like that it's this weird sort of crabs in a barrel cannibalism I, I, as much as I love Angela Bassett, I didn't love that segment. Those, yeah. those Chris Rock jokes were kind of funny. They were funny. I will say that, but I just, I don't like the idea of, of, of other black actors coming for them because, yeah, the Smiths overreacted, but it is a valid point. Don't show up to shuck and jive for all the white people and then make fun of the black people who are trying to make an honest point. Yeah. And do it at their expense. But I wonder. I wonder, devil's advocate here, that maybe there's something that we don't know and, and, and maybe like a lot of people in the community don't necessarily see Jada's call for boycott as necessarily genuine. Because, I mean, what Chris was basically kind of insinuating was that she was mad cause just just because Will didn't get nominated. Well, yeah, of course. That's of course. Not, I don't question that at all. Or an issue. Yeah, but I think still, that's exactly the I, issue. I think that you're right, you know. I don't know if if it was necessarily in the best taste to make them the 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 punchline for the evening, but 
Yeah, I don't think so. I think it would have been a better look if Will and Jada had somehow been involved in those packages. If they had, if they could have been self-effacing about the whole thing, I right. think that would have they could have yeah. made their point and sort of ingratiated themselves. That's true. They could have actually, you know what? They should have actually hired Jada and Wicked Wisdom to be the orchestra because mm-hmm. it's Wicked Wisdom starts playing. I'm sure people just want to get off the stage and just, and just call <laughs> call the night. Well, like those, yeah. yeah, those would be under 45 seconds. Well, oh, for sure. Yep, they'd be terrified. Started, you know, riffing on her guitar or whatever. I know they were trying to chase people off the stage with that Ride of the Valkyries suite they kept playing over and over again, which I thought was a strange choice. Because wasn't Wagner an anti-Semite? Um, interesting. That's something we'll have to Google. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that he was famously anti-Semitic. It seemed like a strange choice. But yeah, Wicked Wisdom would have had them clearing out much, much sooner. They probably yeah, wouldn't have even wanted to give speeches. No, that they would have wrapped it up. They wouldn't have come up to the stage. <laughs> what did you think of um, Sasha Baron Cohen coming out as Ali G? You know what? God bless Sasha Baron Cohen. He's such. I just saw the um, for uh, the trailer for his new movie, uh, The Brothers Grimsley. Is that correct? Yeah, I haven't seen that. I know he's got a new project. He was just on uh, What the Fuck with Mark Marin. I listened uh-huh. to that interview, but I haven't seen anything about this new new movie as coming out. Uh, it looks really freaking funny. Basically, he's like the long lost brother of this hitman, and um, he basically typical cahoots ensue. But uh, the the hitman, like his brother, who's the hitman, he takes them back to their their like ta- like their little old town in in London, and yeah, it it, it looks really really super funny. Um, I I liked his little uh, bit on the Oscars. Okay. He, I mean, what did you think? I don't know. I thought it was a little, uh, like, he reached pretty far back into the archives to dig out that Ali G costume. Um, I think one of the things he always sort of towed the line with with that character is that he's the character is not black, and he never claimed to be black. I didn't right. like how he came out and represented himself as black for this this thing. Do you think he did, though? I guess, I don't know. A little, well, it was like the first thing he said is like, I know you think it's another token black presenter. Right. But I just sort of interpret that as being like, he's like, I'm not actually black, but maybe. 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 I mean, Ali G is, is, I think Sasha Baron Cohen is very funny. Ali G has never been my favorite of his characters. Mm -hmm. So maybe Mm -hmm. that, that was part of it. What did you think of the musical performances overall? I know we talked about Sam Smith for a second. What did you think of the weekend's performance? I thought the weekend's performance was great. Like you said, I really think he should have won. But I think that the fact that it was from the soundtrack, the 50 Shades of Grey, yeah. turned a lot of people off. That was a handicap for sure. That definitely um, put him at a disadvantage for winning. But Hands down, I think that was the best song. And it was probably the best performance of the night for me, too, out yeah. of all the, um, the performers that performed. Um, well, there were only three. It was Sam Smith, The Weeknd, and Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga looking like she was doing a Kate Blanchett as Carol impression, sitting at that piano. <laughs> yes, she did. She did kind of. She's like, 
She lost her gloves. At, she lost at the, it. <laughs> at, she really at the five did. And, and, you know, she's waiting for someone to return them to her. Um, also, another weird um, just direction moment where that whole performance was breathless and manic and with, like, whip pans and stage mm-hmm. hands moving all around and then the, the crowd of uh, victims rushing the stage with their arms tattooed. It was very manic. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that performance, but I can appreciate, I mean, what it was trying to, um, the you know, sort of the message they were trying to get out there. Again, Lady Gaga, like, there's, like, this line that, you know, she struggles with towing where, like, she sometimes can keep her, like, musical theater, like, over, like, over-performing, like, under wraps, and then sometimes she can't. Like, and this time, it... it you know, you could see that there was a, a bit of a struggle there. And like you were saying, like the, the mania did kind of come through a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Standing yeah. ovation though. Got a standing ovation. Yeah. And lots of tears. Yeah. But that's what Oscar moments are for. I guess so. You know, You're earlier not- this week, um, <laughs> <laughs> earlier this week, Kelly Clarkson had performed on American Idol. Did you see that? I did, and she was very overtaken by her music. And she song. got very emotional. Uh, yeah. But just in terms of like a really emotional and moving performance, that's all I could think of watching Lady Gaga trying to sort of elicit the same response from the crowd. And it felt like she was trying to work up tears as she was <laughs> like banging on those keys and working towards the bridge, it felt like she was trying to conjure up some tears in her eyes so that she could emote right. for the cameras. I don't, I don't know. It just felt very disingenuous, especially right after having watched Kelly Clarkson deliver yeah. this. Like, I think that, like, you know, like I think that Lady Gaga is just, she is like, I don't think, like, I don't like doubt the fact that she, I think that she really is this like, artsy eccentric performer i don't like before i used to think oh this is probably all that but i'm starting to think that this is just she's always just kind of been this like you know musical theater kid who exactly she's a musical uh, theater kid this comes naturally naturally to her and i think it's something we have to all just accept yeah yeah you know i'm just excited i and i still am because i'm a lady gaga fan i just want her to get to her next album mark ronson is producing it i think mm-hmm. that is a, gonna be a good combination i just want her to get back to delivering a solid thing put out some singles go back on tour stop yeah. showing up at award shows i think she keeps setting herself up to disappoint people yeah so yeah it's time for her to really get in gear and crank out an album and give us Give us a single. Yeah, so of course there were like a ton of Oscar parties happening. There's the Vanity Fair party. Of course. I saw a picture of Jessica Alba like at the Vanity Fair party. You know what? Speaking of not invited. He was not invited. Not invited. But you know what? Like we've got like Jessica Alba. We've got Jessica Simpson. Why aren't there why aren't there any again, why aren't there any black actresses or celebrities that are like peddling any sort of like lifestyle or beauty brands are there i don't think that there really are i feel like that's a prime prime fertile ground for someone to take on and they could actually maybe make a couple nice coins with that you know i think carrie washington would be the perfect person for that why doesn't she have her own sort of like brand 
branded empire of like beauty and lifestyle goods. I guess she is she too busy handling things. As, she's as too busy people? being Olivia Pope. Yeah, she's her acting schedule is too busy. I mean, someone like Jessica yeah. Alba has plenty of time to devote to her lifestyle brand. She's someone got a lot like of free Gwyneth Paltrow can you know take time off from making a movie whenever she wants to to like curate and <laughs> and be snobby all over town yeah she has the but time I, and the room to do that i need the system to get their martha stewart on because we can't just have like the nini leaks collection on hsn and like iman global chic right yeah there'd be someone else to, to take it up a notch well, Nini's got the cor- the market cornered on peekaboo shoulders. So, but there's plenty for other people to do. You're right. right. We should have there, a there are opportunities there too. <laughs> do there we are... have a black Jessica? Jessica Simpson, or you mean Jessica Alba? There's Jessica Alba, Jessica Simpson. All the white Jessicas are busy hawking things. Where is our black Jessica? Where is our black Jessica? Where are those products at? Yeah. And maybe I won't be wearing those if, if I maybe I would find a proper moisturizer. I wouldn't have there to you wear go. start with <laughs> moisturizers. That's perfect. Start with good lotions. Yeah. Good moisturization situations. Carrie Washington could do a moisture line. She could do it That's on right. the side. Mary, she could work could, it into a Revlon deal. Yeah. She could get she could she could hawk some cocoa butters. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, hmm I like this. That would be the tagline. Tandled. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know it's late at night when we start going down this this rabbit hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How come there are no celebrity lotion lines? <laughs> black celebrity lotion lines. Why aren't there any black people celebrity lotion lines? Yeah. You think people are afraid to align themselves with lotion lines? Is that I, ra- racist? I don't know. It is a little... Well, no. Everyone loves a nice, light, cream moisturizer. It's kind of hard to find a good one, too. Yeah. It's too greasy, too <laughs> slick. Yeah, right. You know, like, there's got to be, like, a... There's got to be, like, a mid-range between, like, a Vaseline and, a, like, a La Mer, right? Someone, yeah. That's someone a, take on the call. That's a wide gap. There is. Come on, now. Hmm. Well... Okay. That's my call to action. What else has been going on? Are we done with the Oscars? Are we beyond Oscars now? I, yeah, we are beyond Oscars. We are beyond award season. Yeah. Yeah. We can Let's finally try. put this all to rest. I hope and pray that next year's will be will be more diverse. Bigger um, and blacker in 2017. Movies. I mean, what were your favorite films for this year? Your favorites? Of the ones favorite? that were nominated? Or of just any of them? ones that were nominated we'll start off with that like what, what were your favorites that were nominated well creed wasn't nominated but i really enjoyed it but creed mm-hmm. was nominated for screenplay i mean i liked big short i liked i liked big short a lot i liked brooklyn a whole lot um wait a minute i loved i think i honestly the two black men love brooklyn <laughs> i really loved it it I was really great it. it was so pretty and like so oh. sweet and she moved from Ireland to try to get her life together and she falls in love and then she has to go back. It was so good. Yeah. It was it was like the, the costumes, um, the cinematography, the production design, everything was just so wonderful about the film. And it was just such a nice, sweet story. Yeah. I, I just like walked out of the film. I was like, Ailish, Ailish. 
I just kept like saying her name, Aylin. Yeah, I was secretly kind of pulling for her to win, but I knew she wouldn't. I know. I did. I did. I really was kind of hoping that Brooklyn would somehow win, some some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was that. There was Brooklyn. Any any other favorite films? Uh, Straight Outta Compton was a big one this year. I think the biggest surprise for me, though, was Creed. Because Creed was a movie I went into not expecting to like. And everyone kept saying, this movie is good, this movie is good. And I couldn't believe it because I am not a sports movie person. I'm not a Brocky person. I'm not like a team spirit, you can do it. That's not my jam. But this mo- that movie was really, really good. And that really did. What it, did. it really did the, did the trick. Mm. I, I also like The Danish Girl. I didn't see it. Eddie Redmayne, I struggle with. I just couldn't. I, I sat through Theory of Everything and was like, I, I've seen this guy already. I watched Les Mis. I watched Theory of Everything. I didn't feel like I need to do a trifecta with Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I think maybe you should revisit this one because, I mean, he he is kind of well-suited for this role because he is just a very pretty man, I think. Um, and he made a very pretty woman. Um but yeah, I thought that was another good film. I mean, just sort of like from an just just from an aesthetic point of view, I thought it was it was really it was a very um, beautiful, well made film. Um, my other favorite film, although it was not nominated, no, well, I kind of got a kick out of the Vacation reboot. <laughs> I remember you saying that. We talked about it on here. Did we talk about it already? Okay, yeah, well, you tried to make a case for it, and I couldn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. Good job, Christina Applegate. Uh, yeah, and Ed Helms, right? Helms, right. Your best friend, Ed Helms. Right. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, those are my top. Those are my top picks. Wow, Vacation uh, made your year-end top list. <laughs> Brooklyn, The Danish Girl, and Vacation. Done. Um, okay. No room for Inside Out. No, I actually liked uh, Hatefully, and I also enjoyed um, The Big Short as well. I-, I didn't see Inside Out. I still have to. I still have to commit oh, to watch. Go do that. Yeah, I have to. I have to go and check that out. So yeah, we get on down the blockbuster and make it a night. Mm, oh, did you? Oh. Speaking of uh, DVDs and Netflix and mm-hmm. streaming things at home for your enjoyment. Fuller mm-hmm. House. Fuller yeah, House debuted. I knew you were about to go there. I yeah, I know. You saw, I saw my opportunity and I jumped in. So, okay. Did you watch it? Friday night rolls around. And TGIF. TGIF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuller House debuts. I watched it. Okay. I to watch it. How much of it did you watch? There are like 10 episodes, I think. I've seen two episodes of it. And let me say this, actually. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. The cheese factor was off of the charts. (laughs) Um, You know, like, you could see everyone was really happy to have a job again. So much. Like, there were so, there were a lot of different, like, reviews. Entertainment Weekly gave it, like, a C minus. The New York Times skewered it as well. But okay, wait up. Everybody just hold on a minute. Like, I want everyone to calm down about Fuller House because I feel like it's getting such a bad rap and people are forgetting the fact that it was a 90s 
sitcom yeah. on the TGIF block. What were you expecting to be? It wasn't going to be like Fuller House of Cards. It is. <laughs> it's not like it's going to be all that deep. It's not like Robin Wright Penn is going to like walk out and like drama's about to ensue. Like, right. You know At I mean? the end of the day, it's still Full House, which was not a well-reviewed, critically it's reviewed. Not like, it's you know your the the quality or its game isn't going to be stepped up because it's streaming on Netflix now. You know what I right. mean? It's not. It's not going to happen, people. So put down your pens and your pitchforks and just like laugh. Or this is basically for the kid. I feel like this is Netflix's foray into like the ABC family realm, and I think yeah. it kind of actually makes sense. I mean, I for I watched the first couple, the two episodes. Although at first I was like, I don't really want to watch this, and there are some very desperate moments on it. But mm-hmm. I think it works for kids. I would. I think it's a fun little like you know romp de romp whatever you know yeah uh, it is weird know. to watch a uh, uh, a series with a laugh track on netflix that was well, really yeah. strange video audience uh there and they were just laugh laugh laughing at everything um but you know i still think that Kim, kimmy gibbler is like the urkel that never could like and she's still trying <laughs> He is yeah. still trying to get her shine. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I survived. I watched two episodes. Well, I watched the full 10. Mm. I think that I will. It may take me the rest of the year to do it, but I okay. think that I will I'll watch them. Okay. I, I'll go there with you. I think that I would probably put it on in the background just to exactly. catch up. Background where everyone's been going and what they're doing. Um, I can't believe that DJ is like a veterinarian. Like what is she, what? Oh, and yeah, then or whatever. Yeah. And Stephanie was like, is DJ, is she's a DJ and she goes by DJ Tanner and she was in London and then she comes back to help DJ. Also DJ's wit a widow. So that's why everyone has to come back and move into the house. And right. she, Kimmy and Stephanie and, DJ's gaggle of children all moving the house together, and it, you know, kijinks ensue. Right. It's like a reversal. Yeah. I don't know why they had to kill off DJ's husband, but, uh, you know, I guess. (laughs) She had to have a reason to come home. She had to have a reason to come home devastated. They couldn't have, they could, their their mortgage couldn't have been upside down and they got evicted from their house or anything. Like, he had to die. Right. I guess they also had to give a reason for Steve to come back and for their romance to take full bloom finally. And Kimmy Gibbler's divorced from an Argentine Lothario. That's very oh, strange. Right. That's also very, very weird. Yeah. Um, but I do hope that this is successful only only for the selfish reason, reason of I hope that they bring Family Matters back. Is there, do, will oh. we have a family reboot? Because I really need to know what's what what's going on in Reginald Bell Johnson's life right now. I need to know. Well, he and Mary Jo Patton just did that um, Lifetime Christmas movie. They already oh. had a reunion this year. So they're already good to go. Yeah, well, they got a little bit of a Lifetime check. Um, okay. To maybe hold them over until Netflix gets around to rebooting Family Matters. I know Jaleel right. White would be there. I don't know if the cast of Family Member, Family Matters looks as good as the cast of Full House does. Because Lori Laughlin, in particular, yeah. looks exactly the same. Yeah, Lori has an age. But also, it's really hard to think that 
Candace Cameron Bure has any children, but in real life, she has like three teenagers, which is so crazy and crazy and unbelievable to me. Right. She also got married when she was 19. She's been married for like 20 years. She married the first guy she went on a date with or the second guy. I know this because I watch The View every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also, I want to say that I'm a little nervous for a meth relapse for Stephanie. Uh oh. Now that she's well, got more full house money, I don't know what that's going to mean. I she's think spending it on. I hope that this will probably keep her distracted from any of her previous uh, vices. Um, but do you think, well, okay, well, if Family Matters cast hasn't held up we could maybe do like a perfect strangers reboot you think that could happen um bronson pincho where is he i feel like he he's been like he's i i feel like he's like a real estate agent somewhere he's he's just not in in the acting game anymore is that is that true that i feel like could be true yeah maybe he's just over it he's 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 past his his acting cousin larry i feel like i've seen he's popped up in shondaland Oh, has he? I think that he has. He's still acting here and there. I've seen him in things. Like some sort of ABC contract. Well, I guess this isn't, yeah, this is a Netflix situation now. So, you know, he'd have to cross over. He'd have to, yeah. he'd have to cross over onto the streaming line. I don't think but, there would be any. I wonder if we're there. done. I wonder if we're done with these sort of um, mid 90s reboots. Because this isn't the first. I mean, you know, Boy Meets World. Girl Meets World is now an ABC family where it's basically the whole concept is flipped and it's about this little girl and blah, 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 blah. But Topanga is still up on there. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Carly Rae Jepsen can give a remix to all of those theme songs, then I'm there. You can you can reboot whatever you want. I'll take a step-by-step reboot. I'll take a, a Family Matters reboot. I'll take all of them. Yeah. So let's let's see which one is the next one in the pipeline. I would really also like Let's see, what other 90s sitcoms would I would I be all on board for for reboot? I'd like a Martin reboot. Is that oh, possible? Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think that's possible. I don't think it really ended well with the cast. I don't. I don't think Martin and Tisha Campbell ended on good terms. Oh well, yeah, no, they're they're not coming back. It'd have to be new people. Yeah, it'd have to be new new Martin, new new Tisha. Oh well. Maybe you could reboot it and just focus on focus on Pam. It could be Pam's family. Yeah, or Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Finally, find out what Tommy does for a job. Did you ever find out that? Mm-mm. Or maybe it could just be like a bra, a bra man spinoff. Any of those? Yeah, any of those. I would, I would actually be all for, all for, totally. Yeah, they could reboot Fresh Prince too. Well, if Aunt, if, if the original Aunt <laughs> didn't have anything to say about only it, if no, the original Viv can come back. Well, I'm sure tomorrow we'll have, we'll hear something. From Aunt Viv. Sure. She'll probably jump to Facebook to have a good hearty cackle over all the shade they threw at the Smiths at tonight's oh, yeah. ceremony. Get the kitty. Yeah. No, no, no. She's not the kitty. So we'll have to see what she says uh, later on in the day. Um, what else? Anything else? Hmm. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Last week, you had a pretty important, I will say, change of heart. On that new Gwen Stefani song? Yes, and what are you about to tell us? I feel like this week is my turn to perform an act of apostasy and change my opinion on Rihanna's new one. Ooh. Work. Although, I I will say, I don't think it's so much of a change change of opinion as it is a surrender. 
yeah to that like relentless island bounce and those tropical skittle-ass gibberish lyrics mm-hmm. but i've heard it so many times it's been stuck into my head and you catch that island beat and you start rocking your hips and winding it up and popping it back and then it's over yep so and there you go and you got caught up in you got caught up in it yeah combine that with that school of taylor swift style songwriting where you just repeat the same word over and over and over again until there's nothing you can do it's a cheap way of making sure a song gets stuck in your head and that's exactly what happened and so now you know the video came out this week and it was like eight minutes long it was like some weird double video there was a double video happening there i don't know how that happens because that yeah. wasn't their intent right right I, I don't think it was their intent, and it's funny because the song doesn't have enough lyrical content to warrant a double video. I don't even think it yeah, like warrants two. It, does, it barely warrants one video. It warrants like a vine. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, that's all you really need. It's all it is basically. Like that's all I need. That's yeah, the whole song. Yeah, but. Ugh. I'm 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 into it. Yeah, so you basically have now been convinced. I was convinced. I was convinced. It's not artistry, it's engineering, the way that you just work 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 work. Um but you know, it worked because now Rihanna is in in fifth place for the most top 10 hits. She's tied with Elton John, Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson. Um work is her 20th top 10 hit. And her 50th entry into the Hot 100 overall. Wow. Which is crazy. She's the fastest person to do it. Fastest solo artist to do that. Um, Well, she had just been churning out the the singles for the past. Yeah, she's had a lot of features, though. So I want to double check the math on that. She's had a lot of features. And I wasn't that into this video. I'm Team Azalea Banks on this one, who's back back to her ratchetness. Last Uh week, we gave Azalea a little credit. Or the week before, for doing some music instead of start, starting fights on Twitter. But now she's back to yeah, starting fights. After her Twitter craft. But um, I, like I'm saying, I don't know. I'm kind of there with Azalea. She's kind of speaking the truth. Yeah. She said that uh, the work video was like a low-rent baby boy knockoff. <laughs> so, I mean, she's not wrong. But I will say that I did like... Rihanna's performance at the Brit Awards. It was like this neon day glow kind of fringy thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and another thing. There's another yeah. signal that her career is in crisis because she's back to her good girl gone wild bob. Well, you know what? I always appreciated that bob. It's always it's always the hair that's always worked best for her, I think. Yeah. So, well, that that Bob made her career, and I think that's why she's she's back on it. She's back on that that good girl gone bad Bob. She sold it for a second when she moved off the pop star B list, and Jesse J was rocking it for a while. It's like right. that magic at Ma- the magic at dispel kind of Ducktales collection look thing she's got going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so she snatched that back from Jesse J, and now she's rocking it again. Yeah. Let's see what the next single. Well, I don't know what the next single is going to bring us, but um. Yeah, I definitely think that the Brits, uh, the Brit Awards performance has softened my dislike of the song. I don't even necessarily dislike the song. I don't necessarily think it's it's as 
catchy as a lot of her previous stuff. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm there with you, too. I, I mean, I feel like I don't even care enough about it to say that I dislike it. I just recognize that it's not a good song, and I'm kind of resentful that it's so stuck in my head the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, also, I will say, Rihanna, it's always weird for me to see her dance. Yes. She kind of dances like that girl you like you the person you drag out onto the dance floor who doesn't want to dance and doesn't ever fully commit to it right yeah she's always uncertain about the choreo but then she kind of gets into it and she feels herself and she's like i'm doing it yeah i did did the dance (laughs) i did the dance she got beyonce's formation dancers to throw her a bone they all put on those bobs You've been listening to This Dummy with David Clark and Jacob Jeffries. As always, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and if you feel like you need to talk, hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter at This Dummy Tweets. We'll see you next week.